for tuning in to the Hope Church Podcast. We hope that you're blessed and encouraged to walk out the gospel as you listen to this message. Welcome to Wednesday Night at Hope. We've been in a series called The Laid Down Life, The Laid Down Life, and uh, tonight um, our subject and topic is going to be about, it's more of a marketplace tone, uh, and we're talking about what's your assignment in life. All of us have a purpose to glorify and honor God, but all of us have given an ass- I've been given an assignment. So if I look around the room, I see real estate agents, I see a few business owners, I see some project managers, I see some salespeople that are on commission, I see some stay-at-home moms, I see, uh, I see a lot of people around this room where, you know, when I talk about your assignment, that's what we're talking about, is what is the thing that God has assigned you to do for this season? So um, we are going to talk about the laid-down life and what does it look like to glorify and honor God on your assignment. How many of y'all know what I say when you've got an assignment, you know what your assignment is? Okay. For some of you, it's even just, uh, some of you are raising godly kids and you were not raised in a godly home and you don't, that's your assignment is I'm on my, I am fighting uphill to try to do something I didn't see done for me. Some of you are trying to be the first marriage in your family to stick together or you're, you know, you're trying to be the first person to get financially free or, you know, you have an assignment that God has given you where you feel like this is my assignment in life. And so, um, the title of my talk tonight is called thick skin, soft heart. Thick skin, soft heart. And the reality is, is that far too many people in our society have thin skin and a hard heart. That makes sense? So by, uh, by trade, I uh, was in leadership management and I was a leadership development director for a big company for a long time and I still do some consulting stuff. And so uh, on the spectrum of like Holy Spirit preacher and motivational TED talker. Like tonight's going to slant a little more this way from me. So I ask for your forgiveness in advance. If you're like, well, that didn't seem like the most spiritual uh, talk at church. We're talking marketplace stuff tonight. So uh, I'm taking uh, your permission to get into it. So thick skin, soft heart. I got a picture of a camel up here. A camel is a mammal that actually has some of the thickest skin of any animal uh, that exists. And part of it is, is because camels live in extremely arid, hot climates and they go on long journeys, and in order for a camel to find rest in the desert, God gave them the thickest skin of a mammal, and particularly on the fronts of their legs and the back of their legs, so that when they sit down, they can find a place of rest in the heat of the desert. If you're going to do great things for God and you're going to rock the assignment that God has given you, you have to have thick skin because I've found very few people in life who've achieved their destiny without going through a long desert in the first place. There's almost always a desert before your destiny and you have to be equipped with thick skin to get through what God has called you to do. It's throughout the Bible. You look at Nehemiah, go build the wall. He had opposition. He had naysayers. He had people in his ear. Job, his, his, his assignment was to live through suffering and his own family's cursing him. Like there's all these stories, Jesus, opposition. There's opposition between you and your destiny. When God gives you a destiny, how many of y'all know that there's very often a desert between you and that place? And some of you are in the middle of that desert right now and you're like, yeah, I need some camel skin right now. Let's get into it. Matthew, uh, if we go to the next slide, we're going to take a look at, uh, in the book of Matthew chapter 5, you, you, that's you, you are the salt of the earth, but if the salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. You, you, you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. 
It's Jesus talking to you. On your assignment, you're the salt, you're the light. In your workplace, in your family, in your community, it's you. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may read your inspirational Facebook posts, so that they may hear your good ideas, so that they may hear your strong opinions. No. Jesus is saying, so that the world will see your good works and give glory to your Father who's in heaven. They're going to look at you and what you're doing in life and say, that glorifies God. How many of y'all want your work Tomorrow morning when you go to work at Atlas Security or Springfield Striping or the other places I see represented here, when you go in to be like, that person is a light and I see it in the way that they work. If you go to the message, the next uh, slide, uh, it says it like this. Let me tell you why you're here. This is why you're at your assignment. You are here to be salt seasoning that brings out the God flavors of this earth. If you lose your saltiness, how will people taste godliness? If you get thin-skinned and hard-hearted, how will your coworkers and family see godliness? You've lost your usefulness and will end up in the garbage. Here's another way to put it. You're here to be light, bringing out the God colors in the world. God is not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this, as public as a city on a hill. If I make you light bearers, you don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket, do you? I'm putting you on a light stand. Now that I've put you there on a hilltop, on a light stand, shine. Keep an open house. Be generous with your lives. By opening up to others, you'll prompt people to open up with God. Most of the time when people find Jesus, they first found a follower of Jesus on the way. And that is you. So the next slide is this. Thick skin, soft heart. And I want to talk about five very practical things where I... In my assignments in life, and they've changed season by season, I've lost my flavor. I've lost my light at moments. I've wanted to quit. I'd wanted to give up. I've wanted to say too much, God. I'm tapping out. Ask someone else to do this. Anyone else ever been there? Some of y'all are there right now. So I'm going to give five things very practical. Um, and this is, uh, again, it might feel more hard-hitting than your average church message, but it's, I, I just like to keep it real. Are you guys ready for that? All right. Number one, don't internalize disrespect from people that you don't respect. You're going to do something great for God. You're going to have people in your ear telling you why you shouldn't be doing it. You're going to have people saying, what are they thinking? Why are they doing that? Why are they taking that risk? You'll have taken a step of faith. I'm looking in the room and I see certain people who I know in the last year have quit a high paying job that put them on the road all the time to take a lower paying job so they could be home with their kids more. You think that individual didn't have people in their ear at their old company saying, what are you doing? Why are you doing that? That doesn't make any sense. Are you foolish? You will, if you're going to do great things for God, in your life, you will hear the disrespect and the boo birds from people around you. Consider the source. And I'm not talking about being disrespectful or overtly. I'm saying, when I say it's somebody that you respect, it's somebody you want to be like. I want to be like my dad. So when my dad has an opinion on my life decisions, he has my ear. When people in your circle that you don't want to be like and are not running the same race you're on, have opinions about what you're doing, listen, but don't let it get internalized into your heart. You know what I'm saying? You ever had someone's voice bouncing around in your head unnecessarily? And you're like, wait a minute, wait a minute. 
Is that somebody that I want to be like? Is that someone that I am following after as they follow Christ? Because if it's not, I would say be careful about what you allow to get into your spirit about the words that they're saying about what you're doing. Does that make sense? You are on an uncommon journey. And for those of you who are leaders, leadership is lonely. And you will feel that at a deep level sometimes. And you'll be the subject of other people's comparison. The next slide is this. Eleanor Roosevelt, I think. This is, or no, never mind. Hang on. G- Psalms, David, same thing. <laughs> it was Abraham Lincoln who said, don't believe everything you read on the internet. Am I right? <laughs> Psalms 1-1. How blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of scoffers. Notice the journey that started with you internalizing words from the scoffers that you started listening to their counsel. You start, you're on your assignment from God, you're doing it, all of a sudden you're listening, and you're like, wait, what did they say? Maybe they're right. Maybe I should have listened. Then you stop walking, then you start standing in the path of sinners. And it's not before long that you start sitting in the seat of the scoffer. Being that same boo bird, being that same negative critical person who's criticizing other people on their assignment. Just wait and see what happens. Oh, this won't work out for them. Is this making sense? You go from listening to ungodly counsel to standing in the path of sinners to sitting in the seat of the scoffer. Does that make sense? The scoffer is someone who's arrogant, haughty, foolish, undisciplined. If you have, you, you, I'm not saying if. You do have scoffers in your tribe, in your circle, in your family, in your neighborhood. Don't listen to their counsel. Eleanor Roosevelt said it like this. There's a better transition. She said this, great minds discuss ideas, average minds discuss events, and small minds discuss people. And the small-minded people in your life do nothing but sit around and talk about other people. Because that is the cheapest fodder for the seed of the scoffer to sit around and criticize everything that someone else did. You know what I mean? It is easy to be a critic. And if you take any steps of faith, and if you leave the herd to lead the herd, you will start taking shots from the scoffers. So be ready when they do, and don't internalize the things that they're saying. Number two, don't allow success to get to your head, and don't let failure get to your heart. You will have seasons of your life where you have great success on your assignment. Things are clicking, things are working, the money's coming in, the praises are coming, like you're getting the promotion, things are going great. And you will have moments when it is not going well and you'll feel like you're failing and maybe you are failing and you're like, you're like Job, you're like, God, why have you left me? Like you will have those seasons as well. In order to have the thick-skinned, soft-hearted person doesn't allow success to get to their head, but they don't allow failure to get to their heart. The thin-skinned person starts to believe that just because they're successful in one thing, that they believe the way they're doing everything is right, and they believe they'll never trip up or stumble. They get arrogant, they get cocky, and their heart slowly begins to harden towards other people and the voice of God because they allowed success to get to their head. Or you miss season where you have failure get to your heart, where your failures and shortcomings allow you to believe lies of the enemy in your heart about who you are, that you're a failure, you're messed up, you're never going to do it, and it robs you of your courage to follow God in the next season of life because you allowed the failure to get to your heart. On your journey, you will have success, you will have failure. The thick-skinned, soft-hearted person doesn't allow those things to get to them. Both of those things came to pass. 
Your success will pass, your failure will pass, and God will operate in the seasons of your life. And some ways, sometimes it's going your way, and other times it won't be. But if you have thick skin and a soft heart, you won't get derailed in those moments. Separate who you are from what you do, and allow God to love on who you are while your assignment, you're just doing what you do. Sometimes it flows, sometimes it doesn't. Number three, don't compete with, the, with those who don't share your definition of success. Uh, for the men in the room, this is probably even more, we're basically all like still sixth grade kids who are wrestling on the playground trying to prove our dominance. Everything's a competition. It's, you know, uh, and so we tend to compete at games that don't matter. Um, if you compare yourself to someone who's got a different definition of success, you'll lose heart along your journey and your assignment. And comparison is the thief of joy because someone is always further down the road than you are, always. And you'll always see it. Other people have a different definition of success, and you got to understand that. You are going to say yes to God in some areas, and every yes you give to the Lord on your assignment is a no to other things. The person who took a lower-paying role so they could stay home with their kids might go on a less amazing vacation this year, but they're going to spend more time at home with their family. They define success as, I'm going to be a great dad, Right? So in that moment, when you see in your Instagram feed your old coworkers going on a killer vacation, comparison creeps in. And it's like, well, if I would have never done that, you know what I'm saying? Like, anyone else relate to this or am I the only superficial one in here? Okay. <laughs> you start comparing your life to other people who are running a different race. And God will call you to run your race. And you define clearly in your head and your heart what does success look like for the assignment God has given me. And I'm going to go after that thing with everything I've got. And if the scoffers and my cousin and my parents and whoever else don't get it, and they're going after a different race and a different prize, I'm not going to compare myself to them in one of my weak moments and one of their strong moments and then start to second guess God's call in my life. Does that make sense? I used to travel a lot for my job and I got status with American Airlines. This is, you're gonna, you're, if you didn't think I was superficial and shallow, you're about to get a real look into <laughs> who I am. So I traveled a lot. So I got some, some frequent travelers and my status with American Airlines. So, you know, airlines, they like gamify like you're traveling. The more you travel, the more points you get. Then you go from gold to platinum to silver to elite. You know, and it's like, you're trying to like, you know, win stupid games and get stupid prizes out of this deal. But you know, what happens sometimes is you're the first, on the, when you get status, you're the first person on the plane. And how many like frequent travelers you get to the airport and all those group one people think their stuff don't stink. They're like, I'm in group one. Because I travel all the time. I'm diamond platinum status. I don't know if you guys all noticed that, but uh, yeah, I'm morning, you know, so the, it's this like comparison game at the airport, and then you might get upgraded to first class. You guys ever had this moment where you walk through first class on an airplane and you're like, what does that guy do for a living that he can afford a first class ticket? <laughs> it's like, he doesn't even look like he bathed this morning, but he gets the extra leg room? Okay. And they put them on there first so that you can smugly in first class look at all the commoners passing you by. You know what I'm saying? Like, so I had status with American Airlines, and I, like, I was the guy who was like, I'm group one, see you on the plane, losers, you know? Um, and I was that guy, sorry. I changed jobs to stay home more, and I lost my status. And I remember the first time I went to an airplane, and it was like, Mr. Williams, we don't know who you are. Here's group seven boarding pass with all the commoners, you know? And this sounds so dumb and shallow, I get it. But I remember in that moment, 
walking through the first class thing with all of these frequent travelers who got all the perks and all the free food and all the extra stuff. And I remember thinking like I had a jealousy moment in my head and it's stupid and shallow. But in that moment, I had to remember that's not my definition of success. God prompted me and assigned me to be a better dad over this next six, six years of my life. My boys are 10 and 12. Some of you parents, are, you're already empty nesters. You're like, you know how quick that next six to eight years of my life is going to go by, and then they're gone. My assignment right now is be a great dad. And so the status I have with my sons is more important than the status I have with American Airlines. And in those moments of comparison, it's important for me to understand, no, I chose this because God called me to this, and I'm not running a rat race of life just to win and find out I'm a rat for winning it. You know what I mean? Like win the right race in life because you know what God has called you to do. Next slide is this. Thomas Merton, he was a Catholic monk. But he said, people may spend their whole lives climbing the ladder of success only to find they reached the top and the ladder was leaning against the wrong wall. <laughs> know what wall God has called you to and climb that ladder. And when you see other people on a different ladder, don't get jealous. That's their race, not yours. But if you have thin skin and a hard heart, you're going to let that get to you. You know what I mean? Okay. Number four is this. Value always gets paid, so be nice. If you walk out of this, the economy works on supply and demand because we're Americans. I was hoping to get like a bald eagle screech or something. Just I don't know what I was looking for. America. I think God wants you to have money. And I think if you're faithful with it, God's going to bless it. You know, to, the faithful people tend to get more because God can trust them with the wealth. Um, and I want to be that type of person. There's nothing wrong with that. I don't think Christianity is a vow to poverty. Value, thank you, I appreciate that. <laughs> She's like, I hear that. Uh, if you walk out of here tonight and you see a penny on the ground between here and your car, most of you probably won't pick it up. Some will, but most won't. Why? Because you see pennies kind of everywhere. And thanks to inflation, it's worth even less than a penny was six years ago. Right? And it's common. You kind of see that everywhere. You're not going to stop and pick it up. If you walk out of here to your car and you see a $20 bill laying on the ground and it's like 50 yards away, you're going to go way out of your way to be like, like the $20 bill is like dancing in the breeze. Like you're going to stop it. Hang on. You're going to go get it. Why? Because you don't see that often. And it's got value. When it comes to the marketplace and your assignment and your place of work or the school that you volunteer in or what you're doing, you might be coaching your kid's peewee football team. Like, it's your assignment for this season. Be the $20 bill. Be rare. Be uncommon. And most of our society is very thin-skinned. They get their feelings hurt way too easily. They take everything personal. They don't have grit. They don't have stick-to-itness. They're complainers. We're whiners. We, we, are, we are becoming a very whiny, negative society because we're thin-skinned. And the second you, I disagree with you, I'm going to tell you what I think about my opinion. That's what we've become as a society, and it's not pretty. It is also very common for people to be hard-hearted. I am who I am. I'm going to be me. That's like the mantra of like a lot of people in America is like, well, I'm just being me. It's who I am and you can't change me. Do you hear the pride and hard-heartedness in that attitude? Yeah. 
Sometimes in order for you to do what God has called you to do, you being you is the last thing that you need to be to be successful. <laughs> Can I get an amen? It is uncommon to be someone who's pliable. It is uncommon to be someone who has an attitude of service. It is uncommon for you to be nice to people that you don't know. It is uncommon for you to be kind and gracious to people you disagree with. It is uncommon for you to work hard when everyone else is deciding to quiet quit and be like anti the company and anti your boss. And like you think that your, your boss got like promotion dust fair, like sprinkled on him overnight. Like what's up with this guy? I don't know. Maybe he's a human. You know what I mean? Like, so we, we get these attitudes that are so common in the marketplace today. And then we wonder why we're not getting picked up by our boss. We wonder why we're not getting the promotion. We wonder why God's not blessing us because we're the penny and it's common. And people like that are everywhere. Be uncommon, be the $20 bill in your assignment, be someone who is uncommon and stands out against the grain, be the salt, be the light. Why? So people will see your good works and glorify God in heaven. If hard times cause you to become hard-hearted, you'll lose your interest in humility and sensitivity towards other people and the market. As, as business owners are settled in the room, you'll lose your intuition. You'll lose your feel. You'll lose the care for your customers. You're gonna start getting hard-hearted towards your own employees and coworkers. Like that happens when you have thin skin. And I would say this, you never know who you're talking to. How many of y'all have had business deals or opportunities come to you th through happenstance or chance through some random person that you happen to run into? In that moment, I hope that the, re the fact that you were nice made a difference on why that door opened for you. And the reality is, is your name will be talked about in rooms that you're not in with powerful, influential people who will decide which doors will or will not be opened up to you in the future in the market. And your reputation, sometimes in snapshot moments with people, will be what will open the door that could take you into the destiny that God has called you into. So be nice along the way. Last one is this. Um, and we can have the uh, panel come on up here. But number five is this. Faithfulness attracts the favor of people, but humility attracts the favor of God. And both matter. Both matter. When Jesus was young, it said he grew in favor with God and man. Your favor in the marketplace matters because it will be an open door to give you more influence in the marketplace and assignment that you've been given. Faith is when you take steps based on the track record of someone else. Right? Like... I, I can, ex if, like, I went and played golf with my dad today, it was awesome. And I said, I'll be by your place at 12.15. And at 12.15, his golf clubs were out front, and we hopped in the truck. And went. I took steps of leaving my house on time because the faith I put in my dad to be ready to go on time. Simple, simple example. But I had faith that he was going to do what he said he was going to do, so I did what I said I was going to do. I had faith in him. Does that make sense? We put faith in God because of his reputation, his character. Sarah and Abraham, she considered God faithful who had promised. That's why she did what she did, because the faith in the person. So faith is when you trust God, but faithfulness is when God and people can trust you. When you are faithful, people can make their decisions based on your word and what you said. Because if, if Courtney said it, then I know it's going to happen because she's a faithful person. You know what I mean? So become a faithful person, you'll earn the favor of people. But if you're a humble person, you'll earn the favor of God. And I would submit you want both in your life. The favor of God on your life and also the favor of people in your assignment. God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. That is still the way that it works. And a lot of times your success and failure can both harden your heart. God will resist the proud, but he'll give grace to the humble, pliable person over time. Take an interest in other people. Genuinely seek to serve your team and your customers. And if you, if you become the person where your, your glory is your motive, you will meet the resistance of God on the work of your hand. 
Slide 13, and this is the last one. If we click, we'll forward one more. We'll wrap up here. Proverbs 3, 3 through 4 says, Let not steadfast love and faithfulness forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. So you will find the favor of God and, and good success in the sight of God and man. Last slide is just my camel again. So finally a reminder. Thick skin, soft heart. God's called you to something. You have an assignment. Get a business plan, get your whatever the thing is that you're doing, make your plan, save the money, get your plan together, all those things. But in everything you're putting together to, to nail the assignment God's put on your life, don't forget two things, thick skin and a soft heart.